A warm welcome to one and all listening to this message. This is part two in the specific focus on indicators of pride that repel grace or indicators of pride to which God is opposed. The message you are about to hear is shared by Quinton Adams, who is a spiritual son of mine in Christ and who also functions as one of the leaders in our local church. The specific focus is based on King Uzziah and the various prideful indicators that manifest in his life and how this led to his downfall. I just want to take a moment to read the text for this particular message, which was not recorded in the message. So I want to take the time now to read to you the text on which the message is based, and Quinton will share the principles extracted from this text. It's Second Chronicles chapter 26. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jekiliah of Jerusalem. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Now when he went out to war against the Philistines, he broke the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities in the area of Ashdod and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gubal and the Munites. The Ammonites also gave tribute to Uzziah, and his fame extended to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem, at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the corner buttress, and fortified them. He built towers in the wilderness, and hewed many cisterns, for he had much livestock, both in the lowland and in the plain. He also had plowmen and vine dressers in the hill country and the fertile fields, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army ready for battle, which entered combat by divisions according to the number of their muster, prepared by Jeel the scribe and Masai the official, under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officers. The total number of the heads of the households of valiant warriors was 2,600. Under their direction was an elite army of 307,500 who could wage war with great power to help the king against the enemy. Moreover, Uzziah prepared for all the army shields and spears, helmets, body armor, bows and sling stones. In Jerusalem he made engines of war invented by skillful men 
to be on the towers and on the corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. Hence his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. For he entreated, or rather, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest entered after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. They opposed Uzziah the king and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will have no honor from the Lord God. But Uzziah, with the censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. While he was enraged with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the altar of incense. Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they hurried him out of there. He himself also hastened to get out, because the Lord had smitten him. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. He lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, the first to the last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, has written. So Uzziah slept with his fathers. They buried him with his fathers in the field of the grave which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son became king in his place. Now enjoy the teaching by Quinton, and may the Lord challenge and enrich your heart too. Bless you. My greatest desire is that in my speaking you will hear the Father's heart. And I want to say to Fee, thank you for sharing so accurately. There's a lot of stuff that Fiona mentioned that I might even uh, rehearse and, and echo again. Bless the Lord. I'm not going to read the portion of scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 26, uh, she read for us. Amen. Good to see the house again together. A family this morning, we're going to discuss this life of this brother man. His name is Uzziah. And Uzziah, was the story for me, I, I read it from verse 1 to 23, fee, and I, I wrote here the good days of Uzziah. And the good days is found from verse 1 to verse 15. Uzziah built and restored Eloth. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He sought God and God helped him. He built towers. He was wealthy and, fam and a famous man. He had 2,600 mighty men and mighty warriors. He had a strong army of 307,500. And his fame spread throughout the land. When I read, read about this guy, I want to be this guy. I want to have the blessing and the overflow of this guy. 
he is like so well positioned. When I read about this guy, I read about someone who was in tune with God, who had the favor of God smiling and shining upon him. I'm reading about a guy who knew how to, to come before God and, 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 and say to God, uh, have my back. And God will say, I have your back. And to me, this is so powerful that you can be so blessed, so favored, so uh, 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 resourced by God. But then verse 16 came. I wrote, but, like you said, fee, but. Eish. From verse 16 to verse 23, it says, if this is a total brand new person, we read the, about the beginning of his decline, of his downfall and his descent. Because one, his heart was proud, he acted corruptly, he was unfaithful to the Lord, he entered the temple to burn incense, he was enraged or angry, and God had to struck him with leprosy, he was separated from the house, and he was cut out off from God's house, and he died a leper. This is the sad part about this whole story. When I read about this part of Uzziah's life, I feel so sad because I think he snapped, crackled, and popped all of the above. And this is the effect that pride has in our lives. But this morning we're going to discuss Isaiah's behavior but Uzziah, Uzziah's behavior. But when we discuss his behavior, we will discuss literally the effects of pride in his life. Thank you, Luke. The first thing I want to mention, and I put a heading, uh, I saw this billboard when we came to, to church today about fees must fall. So it was such a confirmation. Hashtag pride must die. I didn't say pride must fall because if it falls, it gets up again. Ask the students. The story is not over yet. So, hashtag pride must die. There must be nothing left of it at the end. And the first thing that we realize about Uzziah's life, he focused so much on his economic, physical, and military welfare, but he disregarded his spiritual stand. He had all the time and energy to work on economic success, political favor with other countries and other nations, and physical and military success. He spent all his energy and resources on that. Never do you hear in the writings how he spent that same amount of time and energy on regarding spiritual matters. And what we learn from this principle this morning is, family, that you and I must not be so busy with the other stuff the stuff to get our lives in order that will make me look okay at home, um, building my, 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 my finances, building my, 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 child, my children's lives, and putting these structures in place so that we could be okay. But in the process of being so busy with that, let's not forget that there's a more important part that needs my energy and my attention. I need to also invest higher levels of energy and attention to the spiritual side of who I am. Isn't the word says, seek first the kingdom and the other things will follow? And he worked from a list that was upside down. Uzziah's list started from 
let me sort all my stuff out. Jesus, I'll get to you later. But it's the same person that's looking after you, that favors you, that helps you. But when it comes to his doings, when it comes to him working and, 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 and functioning, in all his busyness, he functions to the things that are external and not to the things that are uh, eternal. So God wants us to know, don't be so busy, my sons. You don't pray. You don't read the word. You don't study. Something that has really lost its strength but is now erected again in this season is the house altar. Get the altar again. Fix it if it's broken. Restore it if it's broken. But the house in its smallest components needs to come together for prayer. Amen? When we discussed this man, I realized that he had to make some alter alterations and adjustments and tweaking. And if he didn't do that, it was definitely going to be the decline of his life. The second thing is Uzziah had incomplete or partial obedience. And his incomplete or partial obedience is the fact that he served and did, was right, did that what, which was right in the sight of the Lord according to his father's example. According to his father's example. I think that's commendable if you do according to your father's example. But I also think it's important that if your father's example was inaccurate, you're going to follow the whole inaccurate example. And now God comes and he speaks to all the fathers in this house and say, the example that you leave to your sons and daughters, if it's inaccurate, and they follow it because our children believe everything we say and do, and they follow that example, they will take the inaccuracy with them to the next generation and the next generation. So what God is saying to us, while we are fathers in our houses, while we have a spiritual father that is so accurate, so pure, so undefiled, that we follow that example to the letter. But in this case, Uzziah's dad, Amaziah, he followed the ways of the Lord, but he failed in this regard. He kept the high places where they can worship idols, and he had a uh, uh, attitude of uh, I'm undefeat, undefeatable. He also uh, had this uh, uh, outward exterior that says, I'm okay. I can do this. He never taught Uzziah that the high places must come down. He never taught him or told him, take the idols down. Let's not worship false gods. So there was obedience up to a point and then kicked in the inaccuracy. So now God comes to us and he says to us, while we then appear okay on the outside, what's the state of the affairs on the inside? Because I could be right in my following of the spiritual father and the voice of my spiritual fathers. From the outside, it looks cool. But it's on the inside where I can't see, but the spirit of God can. And sometimes, family, even Jesus in Matthew 23, verse 23, goes to the disciples, to the Pharisees, and he tells them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tied in mint and cumin and dull, and have neglected the weightier matters of the Lord, justice and mercy and faithfulness. So on the outside, they appeared quite okay. But God who sees on the inside knew, not all right. And now God comes to me and to you and says, 
Check yourself. Check yourself in the mirror of this word. Because sometimes I can rationalize and I can uh, have a scripture why I am not okay in that area. However, God is a God of yes and amen. And so sometimes we get things right and sometimes we get things wrong. But grace comes and says, if you address your wrong, instead of rationalizing it, instead of having an excuse or a story about the wrong, if you address your wrong, grace will come and, and sort that out for you. God will come and sort it out for you. But it is then so important that we do not have a mindset like Uzziah that I'm okay, I'm okay, but yet on the inside is not okay. So now I am so challenged as a dad to show Tezzy and Brittany the walk. And it is my responsibility and I have to be accountable to show them the correct walk because I can show them many other things. But the correct walk is the walk that will carve out for them a path that will lead them into great destiny. The third thing that um, Uzziah failed with was having fame and influence, but not for the kingdom of God. When I'm extremely rich, I want to serve God. When I have 40 million rand in my account, I would love to serve God. That should not, not change. Uzziah had fame and fortune, but he never used it for the advancement of kingdom purpose. He used it for himself. He never used what he had. Those resources was never available for the kingdom. Unlike Joseph, Joseph took his position to help his nation and his family. Esther took her queenly position so that her nation could be saved. So whatever resource she had was for the house of, of God, was for the household of faith. And now you and I have graces that God has blessed us with over all these years of walking with Him. Let it first be available for God. Let it first be available for God. Let us, let us, we might not even be famous, we might not even be recognized, but that grace is only available for the household of faith, for the kingdom of God. The fourth thing that Uzziah failed with was he didn't master his carnality and his fleshly nature. Second Chronicles chapter 26 verse 10 says, He also had plowmen and vine dresses in the hill country and the fertile fields, for he loved the soil. Soil is ground. And the Bible says, when you think of ground, the first thing you think is, Satan, you shall eat the dust of the, of the ground. So there was a satanic, uh, uh, fleshly component locked up in Uzziah that he would rather fulfill his carnal, fleshly desires in terms of who he is. And then God comes and reminds us, don't fuel pride by being carnal. If you want to fuel the fire of pride, be carnal. But I know I'm speaking to a household of faith, a, f a group of sons who knows how to take this word and say, wash me, Lord. Cleanse me and purify me. Should I in any of these things have also failed? It's to today it's like a checklist from number one till we finish. I got this one. Hey, this one. Mickey. 
that one, right, this one, right. So I check for myself, and you check for yourself, and you check for yourself. I will not look at your life. You take this word and look at your own life. I take it and I look at my life. And I ask God, where can I fix myself? Help me to fix myself. Number five, he refused to acknowledge God as the source of his success. In his early development, Fiona mentioned this, in his early seeking of God, God prospered him. God helped him. And he never accredited it to God. He just carried on being so blessed and so very favored. He never accredited it to God. I know that when I'm in trouble, humility is the highest thing in my life because hey, I need you, Jesus. I need you to help me with this situation. And to be humble when you have nothing is very easy. But to be humble when you have attained is your biggest test. That's where the test lies. When you have come to that place where the banks are bursting in your life, where there's an overflow and rivers of grace is flowing and streaming towards you from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and you are propped up by, your, by, by God's blessing over your life, then you know what? The test is, now tell me how you're going to serve me. You know how people say, if I had a million, yo, God, what will I do? Yeah, what will you do? Because God will look and see what will you do if you had a million in your hand today. It's important that we realize that we must acknowledge God. We must acknowledge God. All of us here, I am what I am, but by the grace of God. Number six, independence of God and self-reliance. Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26, 7, God says, verse 7 says, God helped him. It was clear that God really helped him. Verse 15b says, he was marvelously helped. Who needs some marvelous help? Hey, that's another level of help. God can help, but if he marvelously help, you sort it. You are sorted. I need some marvelous help. Jesus, marvelous help. That's what my end is up. But it's going to cost me to continue to stay humble. Seek the Father, be in the household of faith, for this is the oasis of God's provision. That marvelous help that we have is not outside of the kingdom, not outside of God's grace. It's in the house. We all need a marvelous intervention of God. Marvelous help means exponential help, a higher degree of help that can be your portion. You know what? David was a man after God's own heart. He says in Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the. He knew how to return and say, God, you are my help. He says in Psalm 24, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Let Israel now say, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. Then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. They, then the waters would have engulfed us. The stream would have swept over our souls. Then the raging waters would have swept over our souls. Blessed be the Lord who had given, not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the foulest snare. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. 
1 Samuel 7 verse 12. Samuel says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of the place Ebenezer. Here too, the Lord has been our help. God is our help. He's our rock and our shelter. Why do you make it but your, 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 your stuff that you go through are 15 times worse than the other auntie down the road? But you're making it. God is the help. He's our marvelous help. He is the source of our strength. This is the failure that Uzziah had because of pride. He could not come and say, God is my source. It was all about him. Amen. Number seven says he was strong in his own eyes and strong in his own strength. The word Uzziah means strength of the Lord, might of Jehovah, the Lord, my strength. But in his behavior, he never reflected that. He never reflected that the Lord is my strength. It was all about his muscles and his ability. He became strong and it affected his, affected his leadership, but it was the beginning of his downfall. So what I realized with Uzziah is he started off well, but he ended off wrong. The scripture says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. It's not the starting, it's the finishing. I love watching the Olympics right now and athletics is my favorite. Some of the guys who about fourth in the 100 meters ends up being the winner. It's not the start. It's what counts when you finish. And so for Uzziah, this he failed in. That he started very well, but he really messed up at the end. When he became strong, he became proud. Before he was the king, and he was journeying and establishing his military empire, his economic empire, and his relationships with other nations. He knew how to be humble. He knew how to be abased. He knew how to stay low. But the minute everything was in place, he became strong. And because of that, his success was questionable. His, his strength then became questionable. I want us to realize that while we are journeying and we are humble, let our end be the same. Let our end be exactly the same. He acted corruptly, says the word. Corruptly. He acted corruptly. You can't act corruptly. You are corrupt. The corruptness flows from this well. While the Bible says, rivers of living water shall gush forth from your spirit. If you go to a bitter well, guess what you're going to find in there? Bitter water. Go to a sweet well, there will be sweet water in that well. But if your well is corrupt, do not expect humility to flow from that river. It is not possible. What is in the well will be oozing out of the well. Corrupt means to spoil. It means to ruin. It means to destroy. Pride leads us to corruption. And it spoils our hearts. It spoils the beauty of the Holy Ghost in us. It spoils our innocence and our purity. 
And the nature of the spirit is a bit blurry and, and, and mucky because of pride. And that's why we say, if you are saved, you know that story? If that is saved, if people say that, it's time to go to the mirror. Say, Lord, why am I not reflecting right here? Okay? So, he acted corruptly. The Bible says in 26 verse 2, but the people continued acting corruptly. And his corruption started as a singular act. It spilled over to the people he led. And from there to the nation. And I do believe to the next generation. Let us be very careful. Consider the state of my heart. Not consider how I know the notes and how I understand the teaching. I look into this word and I consider and the reflection of my heart this morning. The Bible says he, he became unfaithful to the Lord. In verse, verse 16 he says, But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly and he was unfaithful to the, to the Lord. Pride is the doorway to unfaithfulness. If I'm proud and arrogant and pompous, I'm opening myself out to become an unfaithful steward in the house of the Lord. Unfaithful means I violated my duty. I violate my duty. I'm breaking a covenantal joining with the heavens and I step away from what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. When I'm unfaithful, it means that I no more want the covenant that I have with Abba Father. It means, because faithfulness means trustworthy, reliable and dependable. The principle we must learn from staying faithful is a specific duty has been allotted to every one of us. God looks as small as that duty is or as big as that duty is. God wants faithfulness in it. He's looking for faithful servants. Maintain your faithfulness. Do not vacate your post. Do not leave it for someone else because you are at the moment, right now, you're not in the mood for this now. Uh, pride says, how about me just not getting involved? And yet you are graced. You are graced. But then number 11 says, he crossed the boundary of his function and his grace calling. He crossed the boundary. You remember when Fiona read, she said, he went into the temple, took the censer and started burning incense. It's problematic when I want to do the job that, for example, Andy must do. God has anointed Uzziah to, with a kingly anointing and to rule and reign as a king. Now you're disregarding all these priests, push them aside to want to do their job as well. But you are not graced for that. Your pride and arrogance wants you to, to have a hand and a finger in everything that is, is about the house. So God now comes to you and I and say, do the little, only the little, and do it faithfully, and I will applaud. I will help. I will marvelously help. Let Jody be the man helping us with the sound. Let every welcome with the biggest smile. Let Andy say the loudest hallelujahs. Let there be the different graces that stands in their pockets and do exactly as God says. And there's no competition about, let me do the thing that Jolene wants to do. 
I'm not fighting. We're not fighting with nobody in the house of God because pride wants us to overstep our boundaries. In, in, in the world, the children at school say, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. It causes Mickey and lots of problems when people don't stay in their lane. You are graced for purpose. You are graced to do a specific thing in the house of God. Do it as unto the Lord with great faithfulness so that the help and the marvelous help of God may be your portion. Amen? So he's not supposed to fulfill a priestly function. He's supposed to fulfill a kingly function. You know what the Bible says? Paul, the Apostle Paul, was highly effective in ministering to the Gentiles. And Peter was highly effective in ministering to the Jews. And they never mixed the two. You stay in your lane and you do an awesome work there. You stay in your lane and I do an awesome work here. There's no fight for who wants to do the most. And whose, whose, whose congregation is the largest in this case. So I'll take some Jews and I'll take some Greek uh, uh, Gentiles and, and, and make my church bigger. Nothing of that. It's about let, me, let Dr. Segi do what Dr. Segi does. And let Apostle Tamu do what Apostle Tamu does. And let Randolph do what Randolph does. And somehow we're building the body of Christ. Amen. As long as everybody just function in their pocket of allocation. Thanks, Luke. He refused to accept correction. Now he's busy with this censer, burning incense in the temple. And here comes the priest and they tell him, Uzziah, you're not supposed to do that. There's no honor in you doing that. You're the king. Be the king. This is our job. And by the way, we are the sons of Aaron. Sons do sons' job. Amen? And you know what? Instead of at that moment putting it down and says, I'm very sorry, I repent. And walk out of that place with a humble heart. Because after all, these people have been doing this for many, many years. And they're doing a great job. Now you come. He became so enraged. He became so angry. He refused the correction that came. Let me tell you, the hallmark of a mature son is his ability to receive correction. That makes you a mature. When they say, do it this way. And you know, you are so educated, you can do it five different ways. The hallmark of a spiritual, true spiritual son is yes. In humility, yes, I will do just that. Standing here today, I only speak what my father tells me to speak. I have no ambition to, to showcase something else. I hope you hear Randolph's heart more than what you hear me this morning. I hope you hear the heart of the Father in heaven more than what you hear me this morning. And correction is to our advantage. Job 5 verse 17, you can write the scripture, I love it. Behold how happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of Almighty. Most often, our chastisement and our discipline comes from a spiritual father. And it's in that time when the, the, that voice comes over you that you are challenged to choose how you're going to react. Like Uzziah, or are you going to be humble and rather say, I think I've done wrong. Okay, Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 11, you can read it. It's that portion of scripture where it says, uh, 
shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of the spirits and life? For he dis they discipline us for a short time, it seemed best to them. But he, it, but seems best, but he disciplines us for our good. Okay? And when we are disciplined, he says he calls us sons. When we receive the discipline, he calls us sons. But he doesn't discipline orphans or illegitimate children. Because if I behave with a proud heart, I display illegitimate. Often. But if I, in his rebuke, display son, there's a love connection. Amen. Proverbs 29 verse 1 says, A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Beyond remedy. If I harden my neck, I want to be taught and subje subjected to, to the, the voice of the Father over me. He says you will suddenly be... We can have suddenly breakthroughs, but we can also have suddenly breakdown and be beyond remedy. Can't fix it anymore. Ready for the dump. The question to you and I this morning is, are we sons or are we orphans? Because sons can be told and still walk away wholeheartedly, full of grace. Sons can be, be, be told how to respond and still feel the love of the Father. He became angry, says the scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27, says, be angry. We get angry, isn't it? Say, mm. We get angry. But it says, be angry and yet do not sin. Yes, we get angry and sometimes we are. But let's not give the devil an opportunity to work with that anger. Okay, it says, let the sun not go down on your anger. Anger is a manifestation of a carnal, fleshly nature. My question is, how quickly? Oh, he's got a short temper. You must not mess with him. No, that short temper needs to come under grace. There's no thing like, oh, you mustn't mess with her. She's got a short temper. Get saved, sister. Brother, you have a short temper. Bring it under grace. We're not going to accommodate your temper. The word says, get over quickly your anger. Because when we are, the Ephesians 4.31 says it so beautifully. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Cast it away. Remove it. Expunge it from your makeup. This is what God wants from us, family. Uzziah failed in these departments. And we all know what his end looked like. So, you and I, sometimes we get angry, whether it's with a child, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with a, uh, a, a colleague at work, you get angry about the job itself. You get angry about many things. But Keep the humble spirit and say, Lord, I'm going to just be angry for one second. I'm angry. I'm no more angry. <laughs> watch yourself. I watch myself. I, I get angry at school. You know most what, what I work. Eh? I get very angry. I told the other child on Friday, I'm counting, leave me. <laughs> one, two, three. I'm angry. But I'm counting now. Five. After 10, I said, you're forgiven. Go. 
the practical outworking of these things, it hits us out, out there in the marketplace. Amen. I'm going to come to a conclusion here and speak about leprosy, which uh, Fiona also so powerfully alluded to. Leprosy people, uh, when he, he received leprosy because of his disobedience, because of his, because of his prideful acts. Leprosy, like Fiona said, is a skin disease. Uh, so the image are being attacked and disfigured. It's a, a disease that eats your flesh and takes away that was once beautiful. That was that which was once a, a joy to look at. Now God comes and he says, all Uzziah's unappealingness, unattractiveness was because of pride. And his disfigurement. When we are proud people, we are disfigured in our faces because the image that we show is not correct. The image has been disfigured. The representation is not correct. The, our leprosy is not on the outside. Our leprosy, we carry it on the inside because then we are failing in the area of representation, who, who our Heavenly Father is, who our spiritual Father is. And we are then in, incapacitated in terms of representing God. Fiona also mentioned that it's a contagious disease. So, because it's contagious, contagious, we had to remove you. Remove you. He actually ran out of the church, out of the temple. He ran out of the, running, boy, running out of the temple. Because he realized, but it's a little bit too late. You should have obeyed four minutes ago. Now you're in a mess. You should have obeyed four minutes ago when the priest spoke to you. Now that God speaks to you, you want to run. But you have to run because you are now contagious. Leprosy affects you in such a state where you cannot be assimilated into the family. Because you're going to affect us and infect us. You cannot be assimilated into the local household of faith, into the church. We have to remove you from the family. Like the other lepers who sat under a tree. You have to go outside of the city. We cannot trust you with kingdom matters if leprosy is the portion on the inside of your well. We cannot allow you to deal with the principles of God because violation thereof is oozing out of you. So it's, it's so important, family, that we do not become leprous in our makeup because then we can't fit in. The puzzle can't come together. And the house is defeated. And the house is actually left without the grace that you carried. If I am leprous on the inside. The next one says, Luki, you was cut off from the house of the Lord. He could enter the house of the Lord when he had time. But now he's cut off. Cut off from purpose. Cut off from spiritual fathering. Cut off from the brotherhood. And the family cut off from the divine mandate that God had for the people. He was cut off. The minute bitten, not bitterness, pride and, 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 and leprosy filled his well. I'm speaking about his spiritual well. All destiny was canceled. He alienated himself from that which was supposed to be his outcome. 
I wonder what the Bible would have written from verse 16 to 23. If he obeyed, it could have been a marvelous different story. But this has been written for our admonishing so that you and I can learn. The last thing says he prevented sight, like Fiona says. He prevented sight of the Lord. Isaiah 6, 1 says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Which says to me, while King Uzziah was alive, he was a block, a wall, an obstacle that prevented the family, the church, the nation to see the prophetic actions of God, the destiny that God had for them. He was an obstacle. He blurred the, the, the people to see God properly. And God wants to do greater measure of things with us as a household of faith. He wants to do global things with us. He wants to take us from glory to glory. But I might just be, if I don't check myself, the wall that keeps this household to do 40% of our potential only. But if every one of us going out, we do our homework, and I take the mirror of the word and I face myself with it, and I cleanse and I say, God, let me lay a fleece here before you and ask for cleansing. And ask that you take the leprosy and the pride from me. Then only can we move from destiny and glory from one level to the next. And we can do great and mighty things for the Lord. It is the heart of the Father that we double check ourselves. You and I this, this morning. I want to conclude by saying, hashtag pride must die. Not fall die. The root, the very root of it must dry up. And it, there must not be a trace of it in my makeup. This morning God spoke to us about Uzziah's life. And I take Uzziah's life and I measure myself. And I say the, the mirror of the word will deal with me. If there's pride indicators in my makeup, I have to bow the knee and call it by its name and address it in the heavens. The word this morning has come to us as a laundress soap to cleanse and purify us. The Spirit of God wants to present to the Father a bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish. This is the demand from the Spirit of the Lord. If you were in a church somewhere out there where this was not the demand, God would say, because you don't know, I overlook. But because you and I now know, it would be sin if I don't fix it. For him who knows a thing is right and does not do it, that is sin. It's sin. I want to conclude by saying, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to this church. Amen. Stand in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you want to, just slip a hand up and say, God, here I am. Here I am, God. Maybe you want to tell God, I, I'm going to meet with you when after church, God, I'll meet you there in my room. Some stuff you and I need to discuss and sort out. But Lord, I thank you for the richness and the weightiness of your word that comes to us this morning like rain. 
to wash over us and cleanse and purify us. Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. Isaiah couldn't say those words as long as Uzziah was alive. As long as pride was alive, can't be sent. Father, I humbly stand before you. We, we as a church come, we raise our hands before you. And we ask that you look upon us with grace and mercy. And Father, we promise to look into your word and, and tweak everything about us. We don't want to walk out of your favor, out of your marvelous help, out of your help, out of your provision and, 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 and sustaining grace. We ask that you cleanse us, God. Help us in this journey, God, to walk more circumspectly before you. Father, I thank you that as we build these principles on the inside of our lives, that we will never be the same. We will never reek of flesh. Help us in our journey, Father. Unto you now be honor, glory, power, might, and dominion in this church. Here we are, God. Here we are. Saturate us with your presence. Let your Holy Ghost not leave us the way we are. Let there be a continuous drawing, a tucking at our spirits to address ourselves. Help us, Lord. Marvelously help us. And thank you for Uzziah's example that we should not follow. Thank you for educating us, Lord. Thank you for teaching us your ways. Help us to walk fully in the ways of our Father. And I bless your name, Lord. And I honor your name, God. In Jesus' name, amen.